0: Welcome to A Free Solution.
1: All right. Welcome, everyone, to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wills, your host for today. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you all joining us. We're live on WYSL until 1 p.m. on this lovely Friday. Give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Or you're out of the area, 866-552-1009. Shout down the line to our friends listening over at W A C K out in New York, and our friends listening online to the Kevin Wilson Facebook page, Kevin Lu- Wilson Twitter feed, the Free Solution YouTube page, and the Free Solution Facebook page. Wherever you're listening today, appreciate y'all being here. Uh, I would appreciate any comments today. Unfortunately, Tim is tied up at work. I know he's hoping to be able to call in later during the show, but I'm I'm solo on this Friday. Which is going to make it mighty hard to do fake news Friday. I can't fool myself. There's no fun in that. But leave your comments on any news stories. If there's something that I and and, and Larry have missed and and Tim have missed this week, would love to talk about it. I know, Tim, you're listening. Appreciate you you at least listening to the show, bud. But you got to call in, man. (laughs) No, I get it. I get it. Um, so anyway, so a couple topics on the horizon for us too. Uh we have some things going on with the vaccine mandate. Now, we've talked about this on the show. The the national vaccine mandate, not the state vaccine mandate, but the one coming out of the Biden administration, the one coming out of OSHA. Until this point, there hasn't actually been a regulation announced. Like you know, I I looked at the the White House executive order, and basically, what it said is we will tell OSHA to issue this regulation. But until this point, it was going to happen. But until this point, it hadn't actually been released, and there wasn't an agency enforcing this yet. But now it's finally happened. It took a couple months to happen, but they did. Release their vaccine mandate for employers with a hundred or more employees to be vaccinated um, uh, against COVID, or they have to adopt a policy requiring unvaccinated employees to wear face masks and submit to weekly virus testing. So, so it's it's a vaccine mandate in a sense, but also you can you can kind of test out of it, right? But the the part where this gets tricky, and the part where I'm sure many in the audience are concerned about this. Many of you who are operating businesses, some of whom, you know, may be operating businesses who are who are quite large and it would fall into this rule. But if you're operating a smaller business, too, and you're looking at, you know, what happens to, to you under state rules and, and other rules, how is this going to be enforced? Is this arbitrary? Is this constitutional? And I mean, to, to the constitutionality question, again, we did most of a show on this, but yeah, it doesn't seem like this is something that ought to be legal. This does not seem like a legal constitutional mandate. We even had uh, a uh, former congressman, Justin Ash, uh, uh one of the few libertarians who was in Congress for a while, but now he's no longer in Congress, said you don't have to comply with unconstitutional mandates. And he's hardly a radical on this stuff. He's, you know, definitely pretty libertarian, but he's not a radical on the vaccine issues. But he correctly recognizes, like, when something ought to... Not be done by the federal government and in this case I don't see how the executive branch has the authority to do this OSHA also interestingly enough the occupational safety and uh, occupational safety and health administration also has kind of a poor track record of doing this stuff they, they've tried doing things like this before they they issue these emergency uh, declarations where um, they they, they overstepped their bounds they've been sued before and they they've lost frequently in these things uh, and in this case you know what what they're trying to to say is that because covid poses a quote grave danger to employees immediate action is necessary to protect them and of course that immediate action came several months after uh, <laughs> after the white House issued an executive order telling them to do this but you know that's immediate by government standards, right? Um, and and they they have to say that sort of thing to to be able to justify it in, you know, as a, as an emergency order, right? Um, and this is something to address a grave danger. And again, I don't want to dismiss the actual legitimate danger that COVID poses to many people, but you do have to wonder, like, why does the federal government need to go in and say this is a grave danger to everybody? Only include. Some companies with over a hundred workers, and then allow people to test out or and/ or wear masks it, like it's the logic of the whole thing does not hold up well. it doesn't make sense to have these sets of requirements for a disease that there are mechanisms for people to be able to voluntarily protect themselves, as is like again, is this a problem? that needs to be solved by government. There are existing organizations, existing, uh, existing companies that are already doing this, we had a Bob Confer on the show earlier this year, and way back when the pandemic started in 2020. His company is apparently already doing this, many of this that they've already been doing testing, they're not doing vaccine mandates. But I saw a tweet from him this morning. And there's many other companies who are doing the same thing. Now, I know there are a few companies are like, yes, the mandates good. It's uh you know, it's a good thing we need to protect our employees. Most of those companies were just too cowardly to implement their own vaccine mandates and they're like, oh, gosh, our hands are tied now. We the, the darn government we just we gotta do this. Instead of just having the guts to just say, Yeah, we think this is a good idea. We think you know, in order to protect our employees or to protect our customers, we need to implement a vaccine mandate, uh or have testing, whatever. Instead of just doing that, instead of having the guts to do that, and instead of allowing the freedom for companies to be able to make their own trade-offs here, the federal government has to go in and make this arbitrary rule and limit it to companies of over 100 employees for whatever reason. They did end up making exemptions for employees that work from home, which is good. I I was like half expecting them not to just because government, but if you work from home or if you work outside – you apparently do not have to get the vaccine. You don't apply; it doesn't apply uh, in this situation. But I said the same thing about the the New York State uh, like healthcare worker uh, rules, right? Again, if individual hospitals want to make this rule, they ought to be able to, and they shouldn't be able to run for cover under. Well, we, we got to just do what the state says. Darn! They should be able to make their own trade offs and have the guts to back up their decision if it's a good decision. If these companies want to do that, and many of them, I think, do, then they should just do it and have the fortitude to be able to explain to their employees why they're doing it, why it's best for them, why it's best for uh, their customers, whatever, and why it's so important to be done that you can no longer work there if you don't have a vaccine. They can't run for cover under the government, which is half of why this is in place, no, you should just have to stand by it and live with the consequences. And you could be mad at that company, too. Like Again, that's 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 part of the freedom of association thing. If you don't like that a company is doing this and they are making their own decision to do this thing, again, whether it's airlines or a manufacturing facility or whatever, then is our choice to be able to not buy that product or not work there or not support them, whatever. Uh, and you know, Taylor says, "I don't think it'll hold up in court. I'll be leaving for Texas if this holds up, planning for the move now. Taylor says that uh yeah, you know I, again with the, with the OSHA thing i, I don't think it's going to hold up either. I, I think this is totally going to collapse for for reasons that we've talked about before, like there, there's limited constitutional authority to do this. It's arbitrary, they make a ton of exceptions, and this is something that if it's going to come like I think if you were going to do this sort of thing, it would need to be in state law. Not commenting on whether it's a good or bad idea. I just think legally, if you're going to do this, make it make the legislatures actually back it up and give reasons for it. Again, I could see the case for doing it for healthcare. not necessarily agree with it, but you could build a case for that. OK, it's still a bad idea. You should still let them make their own trade-offs on their own for the reasons we've outlined before. But I think that would be the most constitutional way to do things. Again, we got a presidential uh Sweeping regulation—the type of thing that you know—we've we, seen across both parties. Uh, we saw this stuff in the the Trump administration. We saw in the Obama administration, the Bush administration, the the growth of executive orders to accomplish huge policy goals by getting around the legislative process, or getting around the process through which states are and local governments and businesses and individuals get to make decisions about their own communities. Instead, again, we'll just it, it's all coming down to expansive executive authority. Uh, it's it's a dangerous thing we're doing. Again, less and less pretense about the legality of this stuff too. The the Biden administration doesn't even pretend that the stuff they're doing was illegal. They know it's going to get challenged in courts, but they think that they'll get away with it long enough to accomplish their policy goal. They did the same thing with the rent. I said I, Taylor, I only I don't think they care if it's going to get challenged in court. They think that enough people will probably get vaccinated because of this in the meantime, that it will be worth it. That's, that's what I expect. We did this with the, the, the rent thing with the CDC. Uh, we're doing it now with the, uh, the OSHA vaccine mandate. It's a very, very dangerous way to have government operate. And it's going to come back to bite the Democrats, too, because the Republicans are going to figure this out and do the same thing. All right. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. Appreciate your comments, folks. But you can also call in 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We'll be back in just a few minutes.
0: A free
1: solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, for today. Thanks again for joining us here on WYSL, later on WACK on Newark, and on the online streams. And it sounds like we have a caller on the line, too. Taylor from Rochester is on the line. We're talking about the OSHA vaccine mandates today, but Taylor, what's up?
2: Yeah. Hey, how's it going?
1: Good. It's on your yeah, mind.
2: Well, uh, sorry if it's a little loud, but, yeah, I was talking to my, um, I'm part of a union in Rochester. And I was talking to the president. He actually made it sound like the union's not going to do anything about it. It's kind of surprising you've got a lot of the rank file people who uh, don't want to go through this at all
1: yeah you know I, I, I'm curious about that too and, and I haven't been able to like kind of get clear answers on this because like I, I know s- just anecdotally some union folks are like well this is the thing that protects all the workers even if they're not saying so but like if if a union is you know advocating for the rights of their employees and their employees say they, they will exercise the, the, the autonomy to not get vaccinated like where, where do those rights come into play and, and are there any unions out there? advocating for the rights of their workers who aren't willing to comply with the vaccine mandate. So Taylor, do you have any other insights into that? And so you're just kind of um, unsure at this point?
2: As far as I can tell, I talked to the president of our local, he said that our national public fight is pretty much going to go along with it. It's unfortunate because I told him and I'm sure others told him that um, we're going to leave. And that's why I said I was going really, uh, Hopefully, um, hopefully they'll fight it over there. And I'm hoping, like, I don't want to leave within two months. It's you know, a really fast time period. But I'm hoping yeah. that, like
1: I said, it gets challenged and, stuff and stuff. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I... I, it seems like, from what I'm reading, like it's it's definitely going to get challenged right away. Several uh, state governors and attorneys general uh, are are challenging it. I, I know some employers are probably going to do that. Um, uh, but Taylor, appreciate the call. That that's that's a really interesting conversation to have. And again, if if you're you're in a union and uh, this is something on your mind, give us a call five eight five three four six three thousand. It's 585-346-3000. And we have another call on the line too. Gary from Hilton. Gary.
3: Hey. Hey, Kevin. How are you?
1: Good. What's
3: up, Gary? I've been uh, I've been looking around a little bit. I don't know if you listen to Glenn Beck at all, but he's been telling us about this uh, ESG rating system. Are you familiar with that at all?
1: Uh, you know, I don't know about that. It's terrible. Glenn Beck's on right before me, and I usually catch like the last like 20 minutes of his show most days.
3: Okay. Well, it's... Basically what it is, it's like a rating system, like a credit rating, but it's something that's being forced on the companies throughout the world, I guess. It's coming out of the World Economic Forum originally. And it is stands for environment, Environmental, Social, and Governance. And it rates businesses right now. They're going to push it down to individuals if they can push it through. But rating them on their environmental consciousness like where they buy stuff uh their supply chain if it's a green supply chain Mm. uh their social whether they go with diversity and and inclusiveness and they you know have all these well like the crt training that a lot of big companies are doing so that's what's happening with all this it's being forced in right now john kerry and Bill Gates, and a few other people. There's 20 companies that all signed some kind of a pact yesterday at that COP26.
1: Yeah. You know, I heard something. I'd only, like, caught part of a story on this, so I don't want to, like, dive okay, into, well, it. But what what heard way into
3: it. Okay, well, I'm not into it. No, no. I'm just going to refer you to the World Economic Forum website because they've got tons of information there. It's right out in the open now. But anyway, that's what this vaccine mandates all about and using OSHA. It's, it's the government's going to use businesses to force things down our throat that we would not uh, allow normally because it would be unconstitutional. But because of this rating system, in order to do business, you're going to have to comply. And they forced it into the military. They're forcing it into, the, well, <laughs> they're forcing it everywhere, and I don't know exactly how it all came about that these big uh, multi-billionaires got together and decided the way they were going to run run the world. But it's here right now; they're doing it, and this is one of their first. Uh, I don't know if it's an experiment or if it's a test case to see if they can make it happen. But this is ridiculous that you know they're they're going to throw the social fabric right tear it up and throw it out if they get rid of the ambulance people and the hospital workers and the cops and the garbage workers, all the union guys that, you know, that holds everything together and makes this system work. And that's who they're attacking. And they're attacking their livelihoods and forcing what is, uh, whatever they say, it's still an experimental uh, vaccines. Not really a vaccine. At least two of them aren't. They're mRNA, which is a completely different system. Oh sure. well, well get, get, like hold
1: on before because I mean we're 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 starting to stray from the subject, and you know I won't get into all that stuff. But like, but what you said coming out of the Comp 15 thing, so like just what I understood out of that right is that. These all these countries, many of whom like make investments on their own, like governments make investments. They're 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 going to like create a scoring system of sorts because I'd heard kind of vaguely about that from half a story I listened to, and it's they're going to score on like their environmental impact, you know, social justice goals, all these other things. And so these and governments will no longer buying. government
3: regulation, yeah. exactly. That's the, the G and, part of it, and it's yeah, on it right now,
1: yeah, and, and there, there, there's other things with it too, and it's. They they want to use like you know central banks like the Fed to, to to start to shape policy and impact on the environmental level. They want to use these uh, you know financial systems at the government level to achieve their environmental goals. Um,
3: well, they just nominated that communist woman that uh, has been in the news a little bit if you check the right sources. She's a stone cold communist educated in Moscow, thinks that they've got a great banking system. It should be all centrally run. And she's been nominated to run one of the major, I don't know if it's the FDIC or what, but something far up in the government. It, there's so much information coming right now. I, somebody said it was a drink out of a fire hose, and that's the way it is. But that's because they're forcing it through. They got to the scare their life the other night with that election. And it's like full speed ahead to make this socialist transformation happen.
1: Yeah, but Biden was uh talking about how frustrated he was that they didn't vote on his build back better bill before the uh the election because now all the momentum kinda sucked out of their movement. <laughs> they wanted to get it through. And and that, and now it's kinda of derailed that, and people are like, Oh shoot, maybe we're taking things too far and their 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 political, you know, positions are being threatened. So they're they're well, trying to walk exactly it back. That's exactly why they're
3: that's why they're in a panic and they're actually denying it. Was, they're blaming it on racism and and Trump.
1: Like the, the, especially like the Virginia to, stuff. They're like, oh yeah, it's just it's all race anxiety. But no, people are mad about like what um, McAuliffe said about schools and about like how much control parents have over their education
3: and and a bunch well, of other
1: dumb stuff that that Democrats are doing.
3: And so they are uh, they are a wounded animal backed into a corner. So. Beware.
1: Yeah, no, we're 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 going to see a lot more wild ad hominem attacks coming out of the, the Democrats in the next year. It's going to be a rough time. And and again, I, I'm I'm glad you brought up the uh, like the the new kind of push to to rate companies based on environment. I was going to actually talk about that in the second half of the show. So like, it's a perfect segue for that type of well, stuff.
3: Sorry so. to steal the thunder, but I've been to it this morning when I should be doing other things, and it's just fascinating how much information is there on that World Economic website, and that's right out in the open, and they're actually it's, you know, they signed paperwork yesterday. They're, they're doing it. They basically signed over the sovereignty of our country by John Kerry. And I don't know if people are... Not on the news, obviously, because they're not going to go anywhere near it, but...
1: All right. Well, hey, we got to head to a break, but thank you so much for your phone call. And again, it's a good segue to it. I know I appreciate you calling in and bringing it up. This is a good segue into to what I want to talk about for the rest of the show. So thank you, sir. And if you, other listeners out there, want to call in, give us a call, 585 346 3000. That's 585 346 3000. We'll be back We're just just a free solution.
0: A free solution.
1: All right. Welcome back to a free solution. i Kevin Wilson, your host for the day. Thanks again for joining us. Appreciate y'all being here. Uh, we are again live on WYSL until 1 p.m. Leave your comments online. They're good. We'll get to you. But it sounds like we have Tim O'Connor calling in. Tim, you still with us?
4: Kevin, how are you, man? Happy Friday, brother.
1: Happy Friday. <laughs> so check
4: this out, man. I, I decided I'm I'm gonna start uh, a new career. I've been in construction my entire life. I love doing construction, but I think and just hear me out on this. I, I was looking up the requirements to be a vaccine inspector. You need a college degree. Um, I've got one, so I am gonna apply for the OSHA vaccine inspector job. And I think there's gonna be there's a future in this, right? You go to work for the government. And, like, I, I don't know, the doors are going to open up. They say, like, think about the tips you're going to collect. You know what I mean?
1: The, the tips you're going
4: to collect. Is yeah, that why I mean, people
1: get into this career?
4: Uh, well, I think as an OSHA, OSHA vaccine inspector, if you go to a job site and, and the owner offers you tips to, to help him with his paperwork, I, I just think you accept them. That, I <laughs> out of the goodness of your heart. You're doing them a service.
1: Tim, you know. I'm no lawyer, but I'm pretty sure they just call that a bribe. That's no. I mean, that no, seems like see, a dirty word for it, you know. If we're you go know it there. It's
4: a tip for good service. You go it's in, you give the guy good service, and, and you help them meet the government requirements for the vaccine mandate. So I, I, I used to bark at, I like getting tips. I think this is a great way, as an older person, to still get back into that gratuity-oriented business model. I, I loved it. So, you just you help them. Look, it, it's probably not um, as illegal to fudge vaccine paperwork. Not saying that I would do anything illegal, but for, for the right amount of gratuity, I guess I would consider it. But that's, oh my it, it's not, helping people with vaccine paperwork is probably not as illegal as the mandate in the first place, which I'm paraphrasing Thomas Massey. I just want to be clear.
1: <laughs> paraphrasing. Did Thomas Massey, I, I saw something that he said. This morning, yeah, but... he,
4: he came out with a tweet, and this is why I'm thinking this might be a good business opportunity, and maybe, I mean, maybe some of your younger people want to get into the government, and OSHA is going to need a lot of vaccine inspectors, right? I mean, it's going to be big business here. So, well, thank I, I goodness, good government is
1: providing jobs.
4: Yeah, government jobs program. We, you guys, know that the government provides the best jobs, and so there you are, government vaccine inspector for osha that's it a couple couple training sessions you go in and you just like maybe you got to stick a swab up somebody's nose i don't know i I just think it would be fun and exciting to
1: to stick swabs up people's nose
4: and make sure people's paperwork is in order right that's going to be absolutely critical and then how do you handle those situations where maybe they didn't you know underline the right word, or or dot an I, or cross a T, or maybe the actual vaccine inspector that they are going to have to hire at their plant had the day off. Like, what are you going to do then? You need a guy like me to come in from the government. I'm here to help, obviously, right? I'm from the government. I'm here to help. What can I do for you? And then you get tips. I I can see it.
1: You want to be a professional bureaucrat who collects tips. That's all right. I mean, that bold career move. Going from a career where you provide value to folks, you know, by building stuff to uh, being a government bureaucrat who uh, helps with paperwork.
4: But, you know, you do you. What's that? I think I'm going to be saving people money. I want small businesses to stay in business, so I'm going to save them money. (laughs) There we go. Percentage. (laughs) Wait. You know, I'm kind of now starting to feel a little dirty. I don't know. Maybe there's something wrong with my idea. I'll think about it some more.
1: If you're feeling dirty, you don't have a career in government, Tim. I don't think it's going to work out. I think you just blew your chance. (laughs) Sorry, man.
4: Uh, Dang it. Uh, I mean, I I don't know. What do you think a job like that would pay? 80 grand a year? I wonder if I'd get a company car.
1: Probably, yes. You know, like, just, I'm sure you would. (laughs)
4: Yeah. I mean, I'm working in uh, the beautiful Catskill Mountains, and I see company cars from the government all over the place all over the place they're they're literally everywhere and they're really nice cars i mean i bet you the cheapest one i see would cost forty thousand dollars and then i see trucks that gotta run two hundred grand 150 grand i mean this is a business opportunity for you kids you know what i mean
1: well thank goodness there will always be government jobs why don't we just all have government jobs let's just all work for the
4: government tim I think, I think Gary may be alluding to that, that eventually here, and maybe sooner rather than later, we're all going to be working for the government. And Gary was, that was a great call that Gary had there. It's pointing out a lot of things where these businesses come up with these great ideas, and then the government says, hey, you know what, that's a great idea. Let's uh, write a law to enforce that idea. And, and then there we have it, a, a social credit system for businesses so that we know what, that they're performing admirably.
1: Yeah, so I dur- during the break by the way, just just to give some extra context cuz uh, you know, I, I do think Gary's on to something and it's interesting to see like it, it's not so much that this system exists because right now the rating is done by a company called as as far as I can tell is is by a company called MSCI. I do not know much about okay. this company. I know that I knew that this like system existed in like the abstract and the ESG ratings, which is basically what Gary described it, it, they rate on like, well, what, what it, what it was created for allegedly is, you know, you rate these big companies basically based on risk, right? So like when people are looking at investing the company, like, are they making a negative impact on the environment? Are they doing good labor practices and what is the risk associated with like the government coming in and regulating them and cutting in the profit right and so people people people, like want to invest either uh, on the score either because they you know want to promote companies that agree with their values or you know they they want to safeguard themselves against risk, knowing that the government might come after them because of, like, X, Y, and Z issues, right? Environmental, regulatory, um, or, or, or labor practices, whatever. So this company issues these things. The dangerous part, again, is when not only is this private company evaluating this system, which I'm fine with a private company doing this thing for investor reasons. You should be able to invest how you want, whatever. Don't care. It's more More. like when, you know, you get the the state pension funds involved and they're making decisions based on this, uh, rather than, you know, just a a simple fiduciary decision to, to make the most money for their often dying pension systems or the federal reserve gets involved. And I'm going to post two links in the comments too. uh, I know we have some audio issues online, but, uh, I'll post two links. One is like a like long explanation of what the uh, the ESG rating system is, what it actually looks at, um, and what it goes after. And then the other one is a uh, a podcast from well, it's a, it's from like a a sub podcast of like Planet Money, uh, and they okay. gave a very positive uh, case for the Federal Reserve intervening to uh, on climate change issues and why central banks should do that. Um, and, and and this is from, like, the, the the economists in there are generally pretty good, except for their TikTok. Like, they're generally, like, pro-free market and a lot of stuff. But this one is, like, very much like, oh, yeah, the Federal Reserve can jump in here and uh, make a difference in climate change by, by limiting investments uh, that banks can make and limiting the amount of money that the Federal Reserve gives to banks based on their investments in, like, companies that have, like, good environmental ratings or, or companies that are, are, you know, having an impact on climate change, that type of stuff. So like if banks are investing in, in a bunch of oil stock, they'll say that's too risky now. And the Federal Reserve would be less likely to give them a good credit rating and, and make it easy for them to get, you know, uh, look, uh, money basically. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's a, a huge gloss yeah. over what actually happens there. But like that right. evaluation of their risk in the bank's investments sounds pretty similar to that ESG thing.
4: Yeah. Holy centralized power, Batman. I mean, we are traveling down this road. So I, I guess I, I, I get the issues about climate change. We do seem to be coming to an agreement in society that we need to reduce our carbon emissions and that the government is going to play a big, huge fat role in, in making sure that we move in that direction. Um, I already don't like the Federal Reserve for so many reasons, but this I guess can just be one more where I I can be disappointed in the Federal Reserve banking system. Well, you know, and
1: that's it. it, In that podcast I post, like, kind of talks about this. It kind of breaks the promise of what the Federal Reserve is allegedly supposed to do, right? They're supposed to just be like this neutral party that uh, tries to keep the economy stable and tries to like provide, you know, uh, like liquidity when, like, the economy needs it and controls interest rates, things like that. And now they're stepping Mm -hmm. in 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 the policy realm. And it's not clear if they may act independent of congressional policy, too, which is part of what some people are advocating. Like, ignore what Congress says. Just go do your thing and start getting involved in climate change. But they are not exactly a government agency, you know, manipulating billions and billions of dollars in the economy and making decisions that have huge oh. impacts on the economy it's it's a totally unaccountable power structure and going well, it's an autocracy get involved
4: in... right it just everything yeah. runs automatically and it's it's a division of the executive branch so therefore as long as we love who's in charge we're going to be fine we don't have to worry about autocracies we don't need legislatures we need more things like osha to write more rules for everyone at whatever whim they want, like the New York State DMV, people love. because I'm maybe I don't know, maybe you're not getting this, but I'm being sarcastic today. But people love New York State DMV. They love it. They go there. They hang out. The experience. Is, uh, you can check it out on Yelp, man. The New York State DMV gets five stars every single visit. So I have no idea if that's fake news or not.
1: I have no idea if uh, they're <laughs> like. Do do we rate the DMV on Yelp? It's probably on Google. I wonder reviews.
4: if we we should. We, we, we
1: should. Don't. If not, every everything <laughs> should be rated on Google Reviews and Yelp. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm gonna have to yeah. look up my local DMBs uh, rating on Google My Business <laughs> after this. All right, uh, thanks yeah. again for joining us here on a free solution. Got Tim O'Connor on the line for this segment. Anyway, uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon.
4: Free Solution.
1: Hey, welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. WYSL. Shout out to our friends over at WACK, out New York, Two and our friends listing online, where we have audio back. Sorry for, for the delay there. Yeah, if, if we ever lose audio... On the live show, you can always go to wysl 1040com Posted the link in the comments there. You can listen to the show there, too. Usually there's just several streaming options uh, that'll be up. Uh, Tim, you still on the line with us?
4: Yeah, Stick man, around. I hung on. Now, are you saying that my folks missed my vaccine inspector rant?
1: They, they totally did, man. That's, oh, that's man. what it is.
4: That's yeah. okay. Guys, then you got to go to the podcast on W right. N W Y S L and check it out because I think it was I, I wanna say it was a pure comic genius or a <laughs> little bit of terrorism coming to America in the form of even more government. I'm not sure which.
1: Yeah. I mean so we're we're gonna see a lot and, and you know, so some of these things that are coming out, like the again, the rating system for the companies, like they, they sort of have, you know, a, a, a semblance of something that makes sense, but would government start using these to, to you know, do social engineering and environmental policy, it, it starts to become a lot more concerning and, and especially concerning, as, as Gary hinted at, uh, if they're doing social rating systems like they do in, in China for uh, individuals where, you know, if you are rude to the government or the, the government just doesn't like you for any other reason, not only doesn't it like affect your ability to, like, conduct business, you know, get loans, things like that, you might not even be able to leave your province. You can't buy a train ticket, can't yeah. buy a plane ticket, you can't uh, get a car. Like, you, you may be did, did you completely ever watch, limited.
4: I'm sorry to interrupt, bud. Go for it. Did you me. ever watch that Netflix, um, Black Mirror stuff? It, yeah, it yeah, a yeah. pretty good, yeah, pretty good rundown of how the social credit system is going to work. And, like, so a lady in the show has a bad day and her social credit rating goes from, like, 5.1 down to, like... And before you know it, she's like living on the streets, man. It was brutal, and I just see that that's how it's going to kind of operate. You know what I mean?
1: Oh no, I think I remember that episode. It's been a while since I watched Black Mirror, but like, yeah, I mean, this is this is something that's like a reality in China right now. Like, it's if if you criticize the state, if you do something that embarrasses them, makes them look bad, you know, they they track everything. They track your every interaction over there. They have they have the complete panopticon that we worry about in the United States, that we worry about to our government building, and they've they've implemented and they use it and they punish the people who are, you know, causing trouble for for the government. Libertarians, <laughs>
4: yeah, libertarians. No, I, they, that's who they punish: people that don't want more government control.
1: Yeah. So, and unfortunately, I you know the the good people of Hong Kong who you know have been kind of subject to a a tightening grip from the, the uh beijing government are are living that reality now and that's that's unfortunate um and we don't want that to come here uh and so like any any attempt to do that even even through like private means at first like i would be worried like as soon as that starts to happen as soon as people start getting like Social credit scores in, in that sort of way, even if it's a private company doing that stuff, I, I don't want any part of that because it's too easily co-opted by the state, and we and we do see that with uh you know this, the ESG score too. We, we can we can see how government can use that to dictate investment policy, which in in some cases is billions and billions of dollars, uh, and and punish people who aren't willing to to comply with with government. Um, direction and and we're seeing something similar too, like on on the world level too so that's coming out of um you know kind of recent uh world economic conferences is a a, a global tax rate right they're trying to set like a minimum wow. like 15 percent global tax uh and, and they do this because of course there's many countries who are like hey we're happy to take a whole bunch of your investments uh and we're not going to tax you just just invest your money here um, and yeah. including, you know, some high-poverty countries. <laughs> Go ahead.
4: Yeah, everything is fine, Kevin. I, I think what happens is, is we get, like, distrusting of our benevolent overlords. And, again, <laughs> if we just trust them and our benevolent overlord gets elected, everything's going to be fine. They won't use shiny new tools like the social credit rating system to punish anyone. It's just going to be to enhance quality of life. And so that's what they're going to do. I trust them. I welcome our new social credit overlords, bud.
1: I, for one, welcome our new... We're through <laughs> that, that Simpson line.
4: Our new social credit overlords. Hey, Kevin, I do have to kind of hit the road here, but I want if you don't mind, can I uh, let everybody know what's going on this weekend? we got a couple big things going on for the... Empire State Freedom Summit in Syracuse, New York. It's going to be a good time. Are you able to make it down, or is the, the wife and the family and the new baby kind of going to keep you home?
1: I am not, yeah, for that reason. Fortunately, I'm not able to make it, but t- tell us. I- I'll allow it, Tim. I'll allow it. You all tell right, us what's you, going on.
4: All right, so in, in Syracuse this weekend at the Collegian Hotel, we are going to be lighting up freedom for new york state we've got larry shark we've got scott horton we've got scott cohen we've got thomas daniel Queter. we have so many speakers we have a couple of big huge like family feud event planned and then we have a, a fundraiser benefit planned. i just think it's going to be a great time it's going to be a great weekend away from my responsibilities my wife actually enjoys going to these things kevin you got that to look forward to right Maybe sometime they they start getting back into wanting to do these social activities. So my wife has a great time. We've made some great friends in the past, and I'm really looking forward to heading up there shortly. I got to bounce out of work, and then I got to get to Syracuse. So that part of it's a drag, but whatever. It's going to be a blast.
1: Yeah, I know. It, it sounds like a fun time. Sounds like a good way to go out and and meet other libertarians face-to-face and generate ideas, and I'm sure think of plans for activism and elections and all sorts of other stuff uh, that can uh, further the liberty movement in New York.
4: So I just want to point out that there is no libertarian passport officially. Like, if you're not an official libertarian, you could still attend the Empire State Freedom Summit and meet these spectacular individuals, these rising stars of of freedom and liberty. Like, again, we share a platform with Larry Sharp, which we're honored to do. Spike, again, Spike Cohen has not stopped campaigning for his run. And I'm telling you that that is exactly what the Libertarian Party needs, is people out there in the limelight making noise every day. And Spike does every single day. Not only that, he's coming to Oneonta, New York, little Oneonta, New York, to support our friend, thomas daniel queder on tuesday november 9th so a couple of days later after the syracuse gig he's going to be down in oneana hanging out and uh talking to we've got a couple of colleges so we're hoping to get some college kids there we're hoping it's going to be a big event rewarding for the, the owner of the Southside grill who graciously offered us his his um, venue and and for spike and for tom like we're going to do a little fundraiser for tom's senate campaign i think this is going to be some good stuff
1: Awesome. Well, Tim, thank you so much for uh, sharing all that with me and and the listeners. All right. Again, thanks for joining Tim. And uh, all right, that's it. That's the show. Thanks for joining us on A Free Solution, everyone. Have a wonderful weekend.